1: Welcome back to Why Though. We are thrilled to have you joining with joining us this week again for another episode. Oh my gosh, you guys. I am just distraught over Love is Blind this is what tiffany set me up with she literally was like making me talk with talk about love is blind um without my consent or knowledge so just let that be known to every listener here but i am deep diving back into season one which honestly is super trashy i was very surprised not that season two doesn't have elements of um you know that but it also it was a i guess because people were like oh look at me i'm on tv now so i'm gonna make the most of this and do things Mm -hmm. a little differently but the first ones they just didn't you know they're the Test dummies. Poor little things. Yeah, they're working things out. It broke the internet, though. I watched it when
0: when season one came out. You did? You saw season one? Yeah, that's why I haven't been willing to get season two. Oh, yeah. I watched it when it first, 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 like the week it came out. Oh, my gosh. No way. And I I thought, I'm like, these people, why? Why do you do this to yourselves? Literally (laughs) why? Do you guys want to get affiliates on Instagram? Is that why you're doing
1: this? Oh, my gosh. I don't understand why you're here. And that one blonde girl
0: who hasn't worked through her stuff, and like, I mean, was she a plant? Like, was this just cast to create chaos? Yes,
1: absolutely. Well, also, she's 12. And the person she's with looks like he's 40. So I'm like, this is unacceptable on multiple levels. Yeah. So I agree with you there. Also, here's the thing that I was most distraught over, in addition to the drama and the trashiness of it, is that their apartments. Oh, my gosh. So season two had a come up in Chicago. Oh. And they have like floor to ceiling windows and the furniture's super modern. Everything's really nice. And then you go to the Atlanta apartments that they found. And Atlanta's nice. Hello. I'm from the Southeast. I know about Atlanta. I've been there many times. There's plenty of nice places. And the furniture's like so old school. The couch is like four feet long. They have like everything very old, which is totally fine. I dig old. That's great. But I, it I'm did going feel like an extended stay America. <laughs> oh, that's it. I literally wondered if it was like a, ha- a Hampton Inn or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, that it is had how to it be. looked.
0: I wonder so, if they were anyway, like, we they don't, they were don't know if the mad. show's going to catch. I don't know if like, Nick Lachey's name is going to carry us. So we've got to stay in budget. And this exactly. is. We're going to go $4.50 a week. They did. A little more on the weekends. Yes. And this is. Yeah, it did feel very like pre-WeWork. work. Free, anything vibey vibe for your extended stay yes it you know what absolutely I mean? did no <laughs> have you ever seen the no let me just say this for a second here have you ever seen those like the things that were there before we work decided everything had to be aesthetically pleasing it was awful. It was like a business center at a Ramada Inn. Like, that's the best option you had for, like, a co-working space. Well, I and, had never even
1: heard of co-working spaces until I moved to New York. I mean, I just oh. I, it wasn't even
0: not a thing. Not in L.A.? That was not a thing? It seems like it'd be a thing. Everybody's no. working for themselves in L.A. No?
1: Okay. No, they really aren't because they're all actors and actresses, right? So you're going on auditions. There's really not oh. a need for co-working space. It's not – it makes sense that you would have that, though, right, with Silicon Valley so close mm-hmm. and, like – Amazon yeah. and Google, like you guys were the front runners.
0: Yeah. We have co-working spaces coming out of our ears. Exactly. <laughs> it's a place to be. But then you got all fancy when you went to New York and you oh. were at the WeWork in Manhattan and I oh, I, I love still the
1: WeWork, I loved them.
0: Listeners, there was a picture circa 2018, I believe <laughs> that you sent me. It was like I think of February or March. It was it was like spring was on its way. And she was on this like who knows how high up what floor you were on at the Work. Oh, you it was probably like 30 something. Yeah, it, it was, was crazy high. Crazy yeah. high. And you sent me a view you're like this is my view from work and I literally was like wanted to throw my phone across the room it was so beautiful I miss it so
1: much oh Oh, I miss it like crazy and then when Mm -hmm. we moved to to LA obviously only got to use the WeWork for two weeks because then the world shut down yeah. but the WeWork was so depressing like I went in there <gasps> with it? and I was like babe you know I had to text Cody and be like sweetheart this is the worst and then I started trying them all over the city just to see if I could find one that was as beautiful as and the ones in New it? York no because there's nothing higher than like four floors they are the furniture's different they don't have any old vibes there's no crown molding oh. or beautiful wood floors it's like very trendy la and I la you know i love you but listen it was not the business okay she was on
0: the 30th floor she, you guys she and it was stunning
1: floor. with like game tables and you oh, know this coffee I, I on often, tap and
0: when <laughs> i'm just like daydreaming i often think about that picture you've sent me i it do was beautiful. <laughs> it was so beautiful it was oh, well,
1: i miss it
0: now that we say that, I feel like it's only right to share that I'm sitting in my closet on the floor crisscross house So <laughs> And my pop filter that us podcasters use is hooked to my husband's <laughs> shoe rack. So you know what? We're all, and I'm staring at like a little mirror from Walmart for the low, low cost of $10 rollback price. That's what's <laughs> staring at me back so I can see myself as I talk. So I am very far from any vibes up in the... Up in the Uh, club in here.
1: It makes my heart so happy. Well, you know how it was (laughs) for me in New York, too. I was always in the floor, in the closet, just trying to find a place where you couldn't hear sirens. Are you guys missing for the old school folks who- Yeah. Don't you miss the sirens? Like sometimes I had friends that would text me and be like, girl, I was listening to your podcast today. And I thought the police was behind me, but it was your (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) Because that would happen so often. I remember seeing somebody out in the wild and they're like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I recognize you from hearing your voice, ordering a coffee. And they were like, hey... Very often have I thought that there was a siren outside my Mm -hmm. house or somebody was coming for me. And I'm like, you know what? I love that. I love that. Also, I'm really proud of our sound if people thought it was in real life. (laughs) I know. Listen, we do a good job for what we
1: have. If you you guys only knew what regular podcasters do. We're small time. Yeah, we are small time, but
0: we're big time on our small small time, time, time. which is the theme of our lives. (laughs) That is the exact, and that brings us to today. You know what? That's what we need to talk about. What does it mean to be small time? Big time because I think a big yeah. part of small time living big time is believing in yourself. Yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> a little self help never hurt nobody. Actually, I just have to say, listeners, we love you. But I'm about to say something. Mm, I'm gonna do it, and then Ashley will let me know if I need to edit it out. I was <laughs> I was listening to a book recently, and it was a little it was a little self helpy, but so sweet. And it was about motherhood and about mm. joy and basically learning to not hate yourself and live into the good. And I really I really appreciated that. But then she had a quote in her book from a very popular self-help guru that has constantly gotten herself in hot water. And I thought, oh, I don't know about that. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. Credibility, man. I know. All that to say, we got to be careful who we quote. Be careful who
1: you quote. It's true. And you don't know who's going to turn out crazy later. So you got to really turn on your discernment when you start quoting people in books. Because you could be like, this person's fine right now while I'm (laughs) quoting it. And then five years later, you're like, they turned out very bad. Very, very,
0: very bad. bad. <laughs> there, there are some there is some bad ones when you uh-huh. really think of it. And you're like, I think especially in the last five years, right? Yes. Like, no, yes. hold on. Six years. <laughs> in the last six years since the 2016 election, I think we all learned a lot about each other we that sure maybe did. we didn't know before that. And that's okay. But going maybe back we to my small time to big time, because I think we should camp on this for a second. First of all, I want to say if you're listening, we think you're big time. We are here for you and we are rooting you on and you need to know that there's two people who are in your corner that are believing for God's best in your life. Truly. Yep. I say that. And well, I will say, I don't know about you, Ashley, I'd love to hear who spoke into this in your life, but I think this small time and believe in big time for myself and playing big time as small time as I could. Yeah. <laughs> I think that started with other people believing in my basic inherent goodness and believing that I was worthy. And I didn't grow up in a faith tradition, um, in fundamentalism that believed that I was inherently bad. That wasn't part right. of my story. Same. Um, but I did have really, but, but life did, but my own life experiences and family of origin proved some, Tall tales otherwise. And so I think to have some people who spoke life and spoke like big things over me, not impossible things, but big things over me, I think was was so profound. And I think the trajectory of my life has was was altered and changed for the better. Because people speaking into me, and I think I often remind myself of that way, speaking over people now, even in the small ways or big ways to friends, people I mentor, people I disciple, people within my ministry, and what we say online. I think it's so wise for us to remember that we are speaking life into somebody's dreams, into Mm -hmm. somebody's hopes, into somebody's desires, because life is hard. There's more stuff pulling at us than lifting us up.
1: Yeah, I love that. Mine is very different when I think about small town, small time, big time. You know, it ultimately boils down for me to resources and mm-hmm. um, and money. Like, I think that it's there's so much in life that if you have more resources and you have more money, you can do more. And if you don't, you have to get very creative with what you have. And I think that that, to your point, there's been a lot of encouragement in the spaces I've been in for the last 20 years to figure out how to do a lot with a little.
0: Mm. And some of
1: that, unfortunately was an opportunity for former employers or organizations to take advantage of my skill set and not pay me appropriately or put too much on top of me or give me eight jobs rolled into one job and i think that that was you know where but that's also where i learned how to do Mm -hmm. so much with so little and how to have Sort of like this thought of, yeah, I don't have, I can't pay to play like other people, or I don't have this particular budget to do these 95 things that are important to advancing my mm-hmm. career or advancing the future for me, but I do have this thing. So I'm going to push it forward and do the best that I can with what I have. And I think I've seen God just be faithful to grow things as I trusted him. And oh, I've been wow. very thankful for that. And I also have been able to see that some things just. Happen because people have wealth and resources. It's not because, you know, they have the best words or the best skill set or the best, you know, opportunities. It's Mm -hmm. because they had the resources and wealth to do things. And I think that was a really good balance. And I, I say, I'm adding that here because I think so many of us, like, are listening to this thinking, about the future or thinking about the business that you might want to build or thinking about the ministry that you might want to try to you know, figure out for yourself. And you compare yourself to others who have wealth and resources to be able to do things um, that further that sort of dream and ideal. So I encourage you to figure out what can you do, how can you do a lot with a little, but also how can you release yourself
0: from doing something that actually is impossible without resources and wealth. Come on now. Um, I have so much to add to this. I think, first of all, no matter what industry you're in, or what season of life—maybe you're single, engaged, married, divorced, whatever—I think there's this idea that the achievement is solo. And I think, you know, bless, bless Kimmy Kardashian, but this idea that women who want to achieve just need to get up and work really hard was was. You know, viral for a reason because it was totally. terribly unhelpful in the idea. That also, we aren't how you got famous, to, sister. I mean, yeah, let's girl. just stop. Stop, mm-hmm. it. stop <laughs> it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop <sighs> it. But this idea that we're all coming to the table equally is an absolute farce. And Great. so to yes. know, and, and I also just want to go back to what you said. You were gaslit. I was gaslit mm-hmm. in spaces where they made me feel like it was everything, and if I didn't do all the things that yep. they believed were on their punch list for me to have access to the inner circle and also to be seen as valuable, that is absolutely ridiculous. But you're right, I did learn a lot of skill sets and I did put the nose to the grindstone and that's there. I'm going to glean what I can from that season. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Right. And there's much to be grateful for. But I'm also going to ensure that I don't put myself in positions where I could be gaslit and could be taken advantage of. Yes. And be told big time when I really am working with a small time resources, small time yes. limits, small time skill set, small time fill in the blank. Yes. So I think that is so I think. I think if more women knew that that was going to happen to them, <laughs> Ashley, we could prevent so much pain and heartache. Don't you agree? Like I do. I think this catches us in one way, shape, or form. I know so many of y'all are nodding your head. Like I wish I would have known I was being yep. taken advantage of. I wish I would have known yeah. somebody was blowing smoke up my skirt to yes. advance their agenda, not for my well-being and advancement.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, we're as women, we're really raised from the womb to take on more than we should and to assume more responsibility than is ours. And I know that that's a blanket statement. There are, of course there are women who do not take enough responsibility. You know, that's not necessarily a gender thing, but culturally in our world mm-hmm. there is this mm-hmm. assumption that women can handle more and that we should be doing more and there is an internal dialogue running for a lot of women that says that it's not enough, that we're not doing enough, that we are not enough and working really and that we should ask for help. Out- yes that too or that it's a shameful thing to need help Mm -hmm. um yeah or that you'll be rejected or whatever those feelings are for for anyone who who asks for help it's so important to think about how we're shaped culturally so that you can understand that context because i think the more you know in your context the more you can say no to no no, thank you that's not true for me (laughs) you know and i Mm -hmm. think that as we age especially you you realize I can't do all of this, and I'm not responsible for all of these things. And if I do take on these responsibilities, it's going to crack me in half. (laughs) And no one wants that. We
0: need you around, people. We need you around. I think there's so much of this idea of I will be happy if I achieve X, Y, and Z, or I will be at peace if I can accomplish all of this in a day, a week, a month, a year. And that's just silly. That's silly. I it think there's is. so much to be learned about content in our everyday. In fact, uh, the the book that I will not name earlier um, had this fascinating fact, which I guess I should name it now that I said this because I don't want to plagiarize It's Mandy Ariados. Uh She's the leader of MOPS, and I really loved. Um, she's A wonderful. wonderful. She's so amazing, and the yes. book is so funny. By the way, she's very funny. But there there was this one um, little portion. She talked about how this idea to go change the world. And before, like, ni- from 1900 to, like, 1940, there was one book on this idea of, like, you need to go change the world. Like, that's why you're here. And then from 1940 to, like, 1980, there was maybe, like, 40 books on it. And then from 1980 to our modern day, there was like thousands of books on this idea or a tagline of like, go change the world or go change your world. And this heavy weight of people feeling like they need to do so much with so little is is guilt-inducing, it's shame-inducing and not helpful because it really overlooks the ordinary, guess what? I cleaned up Cheetos off the floor today. It's not Cheetos, I was thinking Cheerios, but Cheetos came (laughs) up. I cleaned up a mix of Cheerios and Cheetos off the floor today. And I got to 5 p.m. and finished my workload or I took care of myself and went on a walk. It was overlooking this ordinary beauty in our own lives that is just so necessary. And side note, when you think of the happiness index that is released every year of all the countries that have the highest level of happiness, and that's based on infant mortality rate, um, you know, uh, causes of death, age of death, um, access to health care access to childcare that's what a lot of that happiness index is based on it is all these countries that that aren't pushing that narrative
1: <laughs> they're pushing
0: huga yeah. they're pushing gentleness and ki- being kind to yourself yeah. and just enjoying your ordinary day and taking time to yourself and not trying to do everything or be everything i thought that was fascinating it's it's it this is. culture of like faster stronger that's actually killing us
1: it's totally killing us and it's very american mm-hmm. i have to circle back to because i don't think Um, what you were saying earlier, achievements, like that has never been the thing that fueled my fire, Mm. like ever. I have not ever thought to myself, like if I can just achieve these things or become this person or that person, but I have thought about mile markers in terms of relationship and people, Um, like that sort of sense of contentment has always been deeply connected to community. And Mm. so it can hold for me the same sort of um, discontentment if I let it. But um, I think there is room for all all of us to have sort of that feeling of, um, it's not enough, or I need to do more for it to come out in different ways in different places. That's right. Um, totally. yeah. Cause you know, not that American narrative can be spun any way you want to spin it, whether you're a stay at home mom or you work or mm-hmm. you are totally. single or married or empty nest or like whatever the things are, you know, we each have these pursuits and our highest values, the things that we hold dear or the things that we make that make us feel the most alive or the things that make us feel like we're making a difference or make us feel significant that can drive us into the ground if we're not careful. <laughs>
0: you know? I like that. I like that you you specifically laid that out because it's, it's this... It's a good thing that can be corrupted, basically. Like yep. there's so much capacity for good in our relationships and, mm-hmm. and I we do want to aspire for healthy relationships. Those aren't things that we're like, Oh, I'll only be content if. Obviously these are good values that we need to yep. that we need to work toward. And so but, is achievement, you know, for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. And I'm I'm that's that's my cross to bear. You know that I mm-hmm. just I love to achieve for achievement's sake. And yeah, <laughs> um, and we're and we're all wired differently. I know that, but yes. I think that is so important that you spelled that out of how that can manifest in relationships.
1: Yeah, it's big that
0: longing in relationships.
1: Yeah. Oh man, it's a wild time to be alive. And I earlier Tiffany was talking about before we got on to record for you guys she was just talking about this idea of sort of winter becoming spring and I really love that in this context too because I think we've had a long winter Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe everyone listening doesn't feel that way but I think you'd be in the minority in this case I think that most people feel like we've been in a long winter and is spring really coming (laughs) looking for relief and looking for um, a bit of joy and looking to return to some of the life-giving practices or events or connections that really make us feel like ourselves. And yeah. so, Tiffany, for you, what is that what is that idea of, you know, spring coming kind of opening up for you?
0: Well, I live in the Pacific Northwest, and this first one is very, very physical and practical. But we spend a lot of time indoors in the winter. It's stinking Mm -hmm. cold. I I sent Ashley a voice memo the other day that it was sunny, but it was like Thirty-four degrees. Like, it was beautiful <laughs> outside, but it was just ice cold, and my knees could not take the cold to even Ugh, bear a walk. Terrible. Um, but now having some warmer weather, and by warmer I mean like 55. <laughs> but we're outside in the evenings, and even my kids. Um, the other night, Ashley, they looked at me and they're like, "This feels good. This feels like life again. This feels like normal." They said mm. that they're like, "This feels normal mm. again," with the sun shining. We're out. We're watching the cherry blossoms fall in our backyard, and. We're enjoying the sun even as it goes behind the clouds. Yes, of course, we're wearing sweatshirts and thick socks as we jump on the trampoline, but still just feeling like this is us coming out of our cocoon. So for those of us who live in climates that invite all four seasons you know what i'm talking about spring really it's um, i think it's also the time when you have to admit oh maybe i do have seasonal affective disorder like maybe Mm. this did affect me more than i realized and so everything is blossoming around us and so you can't help but look inward and think okay what has been dormant that needs to blossom so not only physical of actually getting outside that is i mean the benefits are Numerous, many studies show of what it can be to just even be outside the pleasant. And just the bird chirping. Y'all, I know I'm sounding like Pollyanna right now, and I am <laughs> all for it. Straight Anna Green Gables over here living my best life in the spring.
1: Oh, but. I get it. I really do. I mean, four years in New York – I totally – I know what you mean where all yeah, of a sudden you, you feel like, oh, I can come outside and our, our kids can go outside and we yeah. can, you know, go play together. And it mm-hmm. just – it feels like it goes from black and white to technicolor, you know?
0: Yes, <laughs> it really does. It really, really does. And I – for us, the TV's not on as much. Like, they're not watching their afternoon shows because mm-hmm. they're outside. They're, it's not
1: yes. raining cats
0: and dogs. The neighbor kid – our one neighbor kid in their whole neighborhood is knocking on the door wondering if they can go pickleball outside. So just mm-hmm. – even the, the way it invites us to just be outside with our neighbors. Yeah. I've had more conversations with all of my neighbors in the last week and a half than I had in the month before that, simply because of the weather, because we're right. all outside. So even just that of just connection, um, just the ordinary connections and going on walks with folks. So I feel like spring here is really blossomed just connection and being outdoors and really engaging in just the rhythm of spring of Again, more more of us are walking more. So even just of that, like mm-hmm. hibernating bears to like being outside and walking. So yeah. for me, um, and that is – I say all of that to say is it's had a great benefit on my mental health of not only to be with people but get moving. And I think sometimes we overlook the simple, Ashley, of just totally. getting our bodies moving and yeah. having even just ordinary conversations yeah. at the mailbox with our neighbor of how they're doing is just – it's so sweet and so simple, and I think it makes up a whole life. You know, yeah. Those ordinary moments. It really does.
1: I love them, and you know, obviously, California doesn't really do winter. Everyone from California is going to argue with me and probably send me messages about this.
0: <laughs> You've lived in places that have a proper winter. Abs- so you can I grew say. up in
1: a proper winter, so yeah, I totally you understand. You know that we are completely full of it. But what I will say is it's always beautiful this time of year to watch things bloom. And in the, in our backyard, we have this one tree that I just found out from my friend, Brooke, who's a florist, that it's a lilac tree. And, um, basically it goes completely naked in the winter time and there is nothing on the branches and it's a very thin, um skinny sort of tree so the trunk is very small the leaves i mean the branches are very thin and it goes completely naked in the uh, in the winter and then all of a sudden in about mid-february it starts blooming these beautiful purple flowers and they're completely Mm. stunning the color looks like it's out of i don't know it's otherworldly i really Mm. love looking at it like a picture doesn't know justice and then all of a sudden in the beginning of march through to April, it begins in just one month's time, every single purple flower turns into a leaf. And then the whole tree is fully bloomed with leaves. And then it stays like that till like October. So it's really beautiful to watch. And my pomegranate tree does the same thing. It goes completely, you know, naked and very skinny, wispy sort of branches. And then it completely blooms right now. So everything's blooming. And we just got our first little red flower, which will eventually become a pomegranate. And I think it's really beautiful to watch that transition and the transformation of a tree because it is this constant reminder and even though I don't love seasons you know um in the same way that that I don't love the parts of the seasons that feel a little more gray or feel a little more Mm -hmm. you know cause you to stay inside more cause you to sort of shut down and hunker down but they're important to our growth and they're important to Um, our sense of fulfillment and joy and we need those barren moments in life and we need things to be stripped down so that they can bloom again and change and transform and it's just this beautiful reminder to me that we're always in process and that we're always transforming and i think that that gives me hope springtime always gives me that sense of hope just like fall and the sense of shedding gives me another sense of hope i know we're about to go into winter and i don't love it but it's coming but that sense of things changing and always moving and always growing is really beautiful when you parallel
0: that with your lived life yeah girl come on oh yes I'm here for that. I'll take that sermon any day. Yeah. <laughs> I think just that reminder that things will change. They, yes. What you're going through isn't always going to be how it is. Yeah. I hope you receive that, listener. Like what you're in the middle of – this things change. Sometimes we were like, this feels like eternity, and the last two years have very much felt like an yes, eternity for totally. some of us. I, I mean, I put myself in that group. Oh, same. You know what? I was uh, I was with a friend today. Actually, I looked at her and I'm like, man, the last two years were truly awful. And I just there's little bits and pieces that now that things are a little bit back to normal, that I don't I didn't again I didn't fully realize just how painful they had been because right. it had been an opened picked at wound for two full years. Right, and to now see things bloom into something else I'm like oh I don't even think I realized how bad I needed this like I don't even think I realized how bad I needed some change right so I pray as this spring is springing in whatever space you occupy I pray it would be one where you see just something fresh something blossoming something hopeful something that's reminding you that we evolve we are constantly becoming. We are not staying in the same place for all eternity. We are growing, sometimes even whether we realize it or not, you know, there's so much growth happening under the surface that uh, when we do see those blossoms, we're like, oh, look what's been brewing under there. So conscious or subconscious.
1: Yes. I love that so much. It's so true. You guys, there is hope ahead for us and we encourage you to lean into it and may the creation around you if you take a minute to breathe it in may it remind you that hope is here now and that somehow we're all going to get through this and we will be telling our children and grandchildren if you choose to have them that <laughs> these were the days where these we didn't were think we were going to make it but somehow oh, we no. did
0: <laughs> somehow we did i'm a survivor i'm not i'm not gonna, gonna give, give up i'm not gonna no. stop i love it gosh And this is where we remind you that Ashley has more love for Destiny's Child than Beyoncé Solo. 100%.
1: 100%. Always, forever.
0: And once you said it, I realized, oh my gosh, I completely agree. (laughs) That's the only time I've gotten some nasty DMs from y'all, so let us hit this one out. (laughs) See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.